Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode of the Mercenary Musician Podcast. If you're just tuning in with us, my name is Chad. And my name is Peter. And today we're going to be talking about the second leg of the triangle, and that is the instrumental ability. That's right. So uh, just a quick intro here. When we say the second leg of the triangle, and if you don't know what we're talking about, check out the performance triangle episode. It's kind of like a, you know, a rough theory that I've got about the aspects of a performance for a cover musician. So just a quick recap of what those three legs of the triangle are. It's vocal ability, instrumental ability, and showmanship. Um, so we've already done the vocal ability episode, which was, you know, just sort of a, a very general primer on the vocal ability. You know, obviously it's right in the name. I'm not a vocal teacher, but we kind of just did some of the stuff that I've learned over the years about vocal technique and keeping your voice in shape and improving it. Um, so we're going to do basically that same thing, but with instrumental ability here. Now, we are a little bit limited in in what we can talk about here because I'm a guitarist. I, I will say that in my experience, most people who do this work are guitarists or guitarists slash singers. I have seen a lot of people who play piano and do this too, so I can't really tell you um, much specifically about the piano. I'm in, like an intermediate, beginner intermediate piano player. I have brought my piano out to one gig before, and it was pretty clear pretty quickly that I wasn't quite ready to, to use it. Um, <laughs> I played a couple of songs that went okay, but uh, it's kind of one of those things where uh, I started playing, and I was like, man, this show is like average now you know, or a little below average, which like I'm not used to doing. Right. And I was like, I just better get back to the guitar and make some fucking money here. So it might be one of those things where like what happened to me when I did a, my study abroad in, in Buenos Aires, I was like, cool, I can kind of immerse myself and speak Spanish. And I ended up talking with a bunch of people from Latin American countries and from Argentina who spoke better English than I spoke Spanish. And we ended up like the default language was English. And I was like, well, these conversations are so good. These people are so interesting. They're becoming my friends in English that it's like now I can't go back to trying to immerse myself in Spanish because the English is going way smooth. So it was like one of those situations where I'm like, I, I'm just so much better at guitar that I should just do guitar. So I want to I get the piano out so that I can do it at gigs. Not quite there yet. I say all that to say this. We're going to be talking mostly about guitar playing ability for this job. Although it is definitely possible to do it with the piano. I've seen it done many times. A lot of people do it to great effect. So instrumental ability, there are a couple of things to think about here. I know that I know a lot of people who just have great voices and they're average guitarists and they do great work and they do, they make this a full-time job. That's possible. And if that's, if that's where you are, then start where you are and, you know, don't be afraid to try to try to get out there and do some gigs or at least, take it to an open mic and see what see what happens. So we're going to kind of start there. We're going to say okay, if you're if you're like a average guitarist, what can you do? Well, you can use a capo to create a new nut essentially. If you if you don't know what a capo is, look it up. It's basically a little clamp, it's basically a little clamp that goes on the neck of your guitar and it changes the scale of the guitar, right? It makes the guitar neck essentially shorter. And so that you can still play your open chords, but in a different key. So if it's like, okay, this song is in F sharp rather than E, 
you can put the capo on F sharp, and then you got open chord uh, the, the second fret, right? And then you can play an open E major chord, and it will be an F sharp, right? So that I actually know a musician who does that. She's not a great guitarist, but she's good enough, and she's a great showman, show person, great. She's great on stage. Show woman. She's show woman, yeah. And she's a really good singer, and that's enough. Uh, she's like, and I don't, I don't just mean like she's like, yeah, that's enough. I mean, she is like next to me, one of the better ones in town, like one of the best, most high demand solo acoustic acts in town. And she can, bar- you know, I don't want to say barely play guitar, but she like is not a good guitarist. Right. I mean, she'd tell you that. So uh, I don't feel like I'm. Breaking, any, breaking anyone's <laughs> heart here but um okay so you can do that that's what that's what she does she takes a capo and she's like okay i'm gonna just play this in you know a different key that's a there's another thing to think about here where your vocal range is right so if you're playing if you open up your chord chart app and you see okay this is in the key of f sharp and i'm much more comfortable in the key of e you can change uh the key on that on the app on the guitar tabs app you can press transpose down, or it's like a minus one. Click it, it'll go to F. Click it again, it'll go to E. So you can do that. Um, and if you want to do that, if you like everything in E, then you don't really need to use a capo for the most part. Mm-hmm. You can just play everything in the key of E. You know, there'll be, what will be in there? Well, no, in the key of E, there will be a B major chord, which is a bar chord, all right? So that leads me nicely into bar chords. This should be one of the very first things you're learning how to do on a guitar if you're going to do this job. Playing bar chords will open up the world for you. They're not complicated. They're not complicated, but they're difficult for it's like a it's like the difference, it's like a big difference between a beginner and an intermediate guitarist is being able to play bar chords in my opinion. And they just they open up the world for you. It, it makes it so if for instance a, a song goes from an E chord, E major chord, to the two chord, an F sharp minor chord, right? You can play that, right? You you won't be able to really play that if you can only play open chords. So, you know, the F sharp minor chord is going to be barring your index finger. I mean, there are different ways to play chords, but the simplest way is barring that second fret with your finger. You're basically creating a clamp on that on the fretboard just like the capo does, right? So your finger is acting like a capo, and then you're creating that same open E chord with your other three fingers, right? So your first finger is clamping down, index finger is the first finger, is clamping down on the second fret, and then your other three fingers, second, third, and fourth fingers, are creating an E major open chord, just as if you were playing, you know, an E major chord right up against the nut. The nut is that end, that little, uh, it's like the last fret is the nut, right? It's the thing right before the head of the guitar. if this, if a lot of this talk is a little too technical for you and you're like not getting this, I know I mentioned like the two chord and the key of E, uh, we're not going to get too much into music theory here. Um, you don't really need it to do this job. I love it. I think it's great. And I, I write songs, so it's extremely useful to at least know a little to write, to write songs with, preferably a lot, but a little helps. But if this is too technical for you, that's okay. We don't, we don't have to have... I just want to make it clear that you don't have to have a ton of technical knowledge to be good enough at the guitar to do the work. What you do need to be good enough at, and we're going to do a whole episode about this, is singing and playing at the same time. That is, uh, you know, that kind of separates the the pros from people who are 
not not going to be able to do this really, or or from duos. You know that that would be one example of a of a the time to to be a duo. All right, so uh, you know I'm going to apologize in advance for the the disorganized nature of this episode because I'm kind of just I to to me so much of what happened with this was I took lessons, which I by the way that might be the first thing I recommend. I highly recommend you take lessons. I recommend that when you go in to take lessons, you make your goals very clear to your instructor and you let them know what you're looking to do. And the list of the things you should be looking to do, learn how to play bar chords, learn how to play while you sing, sing while you play. And that, that is like the list. If you can do those things, oh, learn how to keep good rhythm. That, those are like the three most important things. Um, keeping good rhythm is essential. You know, I always do this, but <laughs> there is some exception to this, okay? I've seen people with pretty imperfect rhythm get paying gigs. They don't get they don't get the traction that I've gotten. Um that could be for multiple reasons. I don't think it's just cuz their rhythm, but you if you're playing <laughs> honestly, the one situation where your where perfect rhythm is not important is in a solo act, right? Because you're dictating where everything happens, right? If you want to sing slower and then faster and then slower and then faster, and also you're playing in time with yourself, that can work. You're not going to, just people aren't going to want, it's not going to be good. People, a lot of people aren't going to know why they don't think it's good, but it's not going to be good. It's not going to have rhythm. Like it's, it's important to have good rhythm. And I, it's honestly amazing how rare it is to me because to me, it's second nature. It's like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, you just count with equal space in between the fucking numbers. What is so hard about that? But so many people, like, it happens all the time at gigs, people trying to clap along with me. And it's just like, what are you doing? Do you not get evenly spaced note? Like, what? I don't understand it. My mom is one of these people, actually. I love her to death. She loves music. She's like a passionate, fun person. She can't fucking clap in time to save her life. It's imp- I, I don't get it. Keeping time is one of the hardest things you have to do as a musician. Yeah. So, okay. So I recommend you work with a metronome. I've, I want to say the, the the main overarching theme of this instrumental ability leg of the triangle is just fucking practice. Be a grown up for one goddamn second, please. A little bit longer than that. For, yeah. String a few seconds together. Just practice for 10 minutes a day at minimum. More would be better, but... 10 minutes a day, come on. You can't, you're can't. you trying to do this for a job and you can't practice your guitar for 10 fucking minutes a day. Yeah, I mean, this uh, is core please. fundamentals yeah. of so the instrument. This is, it's more important than practicing your, your vocals. Well, it, it depends. You know, I always, I'm always hedging my, my statements here, but it depends. If you're, a lot of people are just kind of naturally talented at singing. That's where a lot of people's vocal confidence comes from is they just, they've got a pretty good voice. They can stay in tune. Like that should be pretty much good enough. If you're not a good singer, then your vocal practice is going to be just as important as your guitar practice or more so. So I, I want to hedge that saying, oh, the guitar practice is more important than vocal practice. Um, for me, it, it it would be, you know, the guitar practice is more important than vocal practice because I have a lot of vocal talent. I just am naturally good at singing. I'm, I stay in tune and I've got a good range and I've got a cool tone, right? That's just stuff that naturally came to me. And I will tell you this, practicing my vocals has vastly improved my vocal ability. I mean, it just, that's how it works. You put 10, 20 minutes a day in and you will be shocked at how good you are in a year. I I promise you that. So back to instrumental ability. You want to be practicing your guitar 
minimum 10 minutes a day. I would really, I, I want to say 30 minutes a day. Um, and you should break it up into sections, right? You should spend, let's just say it's 30 minutes and you're being a really responsible adult here. 10 minutes should be on the metronome, just getting your, your timing done. 10 minutes should be something fun that like a song that you enjoy doing, right? Because you want to be having fun with this, ideally. 10 minutes should be something that is like hard that you can't do, that is bugging you, like a goal you're trying to hit, for instance, bar chords, right? So you spend a third of your time working with a metronome, third of your time doing something fun, a third of your time doing something not fun, <laughs> doing something that is difficult. And, uh, to me, difficult shit is fun, honestly. And cultivating that kind of mentality for your practice where it's like, man, this is, oh, my, all right, the sound quality may change a little bit. I had a, a little positioning issue there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so, sorry, you are going to say something, Chad? No? I'm just sighing? Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, Carry on. Thank you, Chad. Um, yeah, so cultivating this feeling of enjoying challenges is something that's just good for life, I think, in general. And But, but specifically, we're talking about improving your guitar ability. I will find something that I can't play and I will take it as like a challenge from the universe. And I'm like, oh, you think I can't fucking do this? No, I can do this. And then I will work on it until I do it. And I enjoy the entire process. There's no part of me that's like, oh, I can't do something. So uh, I just like this. I feel inadequate because I can't do this. It's like, no, you want to fucking do this? Let's do this. Like I take it as a challenge. I find it fun. Head on. And yeah, head on. Exactly. And so... Uh, I recommend you try to cultivate that kind of attitude toward your practice is, um, you know, first of all, think of it as your work. That to me is, is another another mindset thing about practice. When I sit down to practice guitar, I think this is my fucking job. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so thinking of it that way, identifying yourself as a professional musician and saying this is my job. This is my work. And I'm I'm extremely fortunate to have this cool a job or literally sitting on my couch and practicing guitar parts is part of my job. What? Holy shit. That's amazing. So that's, you know, kind of part of this thing. It's like cultivating gratitude, cultivating a, uh, a willingness to accept challenges, cultivating a workmanlike attitude is all part of this. Um, so try to do that. And in the beginning, you know, maybe just force yourself to do it. I, I, It's not sustainable to force yourself to do things over the long term. But in the beginning, getting over that hump, st- starting a habit is is good for you. So you should be practicing 10 to 30 minutes. I don't want to put 30 as the max. 10 minutes at the absolute bare minimum you should be practicing. And uh, an hour a day would be great. I mean, I, I, there's no, there's really no upper limit on how long per day you should practice. Although... I mean, you get to a certain point and you'll end up excluding other important things from your life, which, you know, there's a law of diminishing returns thing that happens. I know the uh, the drummer from Mastodon, um, heard him in an interview talking about they did practice his drums four times a day, four hours a day. This this guy is in a band that is already huge. He, if, if anybody could rest on their laurels, it's a guy like in that position, you know, internationally, like world world touring metal band, probably the biggest metal band around right now like next to bands like Metallica, like they're obviously not Metallica big, but like a band that is that serious. And this dude, um, what's the guy's fucking name? Bron Daler. 
Um, the dude practices drums four hours a day. You know? So, um, and there's, there's, a, there's sort of a, a point of uh, momentum here where once this does become your full-time job, you can, it's easier to justify in your mind, okay, I can practice three hours a day guitar because this is my fucking job, right? When you're working eight hours a day at a bank and you come home and you, now you're talking about practicing three hours on your guitar, like that's a lot of your, that's a lot of your downtime that you're spending on guitar, right? I do want to point one thing out to, one thing out too. <laughs> uh, playing gigs is not practice. I know a lot of musicians that get stuck at a certain level. They get they get better and better. They get better and better. They've been practicing. They've been working on their guitar. They get better and better. They get pretty good. They start booking gigs. They book more gigs, and then they stop practicing because they think, yeah, I'm playing five hours a day on average, five days a week or four days a week or whatever, so I can stop practicing guitar because I'm playing a lot. No, no. What you're doing at gigs is not practice. Um, for the most part, there's you can do some kind of like halfway practice in certain occasions. It's really rare, and it's never going to be as good as like I can do whatever I want. I'm practicing. Right. Um, it's not practice. I I got stuck, like stuck, stuck for a year or two. Um, I like I lost a year or two of, of guitar progress. That still annoys me when I think about it sometimes. Um, although I will say that you know I try to look at everything as a learning experience, and I learned a lot from that. Um, I hope you can learn from my mistake and not yours um, here and just know that playing gigs is not practice. You don't practice at a gig and the stuff you're doing at a gig is not pushing your abilities, really. What you're doing at a gig is not practice. Practicing is necessarily on the edge of your abilities, right? That's how you push the boundaries of how good you are at something is you go to your edge and then you push. That's how you do that, right? It makes sense. Um, if you go to your edge and push at a gig, it's going to sound like shit. You're going to be fumbling all over the place. You're going to be making too many mistakes and it's going to be, it's just, it doesn't work. You're not, you're not doing your job really at that point. What you're doing at a gig is you're playing well within your abilities. You know, maybe you're not playing something that's so easy. It's boring for you, but you're playing well within your abilities at, a, at these gigs. You're playing stuff you could play a hundred times in a row perfectly. Yep. yep. And that's what I do at gigs and that's what you should do at gigs. Every once in a while, you can push it a little bit at gigs, but you're never going to be able to push it like you can push it in practice. So practicing and gigging are different things. You must practice in addition to gigging, okay? Um, so I just want to recap here real quick. The three kind of big things you need, these are the big rocks you got to put in your container first before you put the sand in, right? You ever heard this metaphor? All right, so... You're trying to put all these rocks and sand, little rocks, big rocks, and sand into a jar, right? The big rocks being the most important stuff, the little rocks being the second most important stuff, the sand being the extra stuff, right? If you pour the sand in first, the extra stuff, you're not going to be able to fit everything in. You pour the big rocks in first. The most important stuff goes in first. Then you put little rocks. Then the sand fits all in the gaps, right? That's how you fit everything in the container. So the first stuff you got to do, the big rocks here, the most important things are being able to sing and play at the same time. That is a big rock. Playing bar chords so that you can play every chord you need to play. Rhythm. Keeping good rhythm. I'll say one more big to medium-sized rock here um, is being able to read chord charts on the fly. 
scrolling. Uh, yeah, the scrolling, the scrolling chord chart from uh, the guitar, the guitar tab thing. That's Ultimate Guitar is the one I use. Check the notes. Um, yeah, check the notes for that. It's it's a really good app. I don't really know of any other comparable ones. To be honest, it's like kind of like they got a little monopoly on it. But uh, really good. It's like twenty bucks a year. Yeah, it pays for itself in one gig. Um, so <clears throat> you should learn. This is like a medium sized rock here. You should learn how to be able to see a chord chart or a chord on your scrolling chord chart thing and play it um, and be able to sing the lyrics that are that are with that. So this is where we're combining a couple of skills here. Um, I'm just going to briefly mention what the way that I learned how to sing and play at the same time. You start with simple, 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 simple songs, right? You don't want to you don't start with Blackbird. Right. You start with where you're doing finger picking and a lot of movement and singing. You want to start with something like what I got by Sublime is perfect. Bad fish, Bad fish is a little more complicated than what I got. But yes, um, simple song. What I got is two chords over and over. I think it's C and D. Dun, 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 dun. It's like or G and D. It's I think it's one five. If you're a music theory person. Um, it's just two chords over and over again. And you get you get that rhythm with your right hand. Um, uh, cause really it's the right hand for me that messes up. It, it's getting the two rhythms down cause you're doing a different rhythm with your mouth than you are with your hand. Right. Um, that's what can be tough. So you want to get that right hand going in a way that is automatic. So you're not even thinking about your right hand and then you can sing because your hands are just doing something that is, you don't have to think about. Right. It brings up a good point. Strumming technique. Strumming technique. Yes. So that's, it's, that's rhythm. It's basically the same thing as rhythm. Um, in the case of guitar, right? Your right hand is what sets the rhythm, you know, almost being, always. Being able to read the strumming. The strumming pattern on the, the chord chart? The pattern on the chord chart, So, yeah. So I will say that I pretty much completely fucking ignore those. Um, and <laughs> I mean... It's, it's, good to, it's good to hear that. Yeah, I, I completely ignore those. And I basically just kind of do it in whatever style I hear in my head. So this is where having a knowledge, a, a wide knowledge of music comes in, right? I've heard... 98% of the songs people request already. Yeah, um, that last 2% is pop country. Yeah, right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, every once in a while, somebody recommends something or requests something good that I haven't heard, but it's very rare. Usually <laughs> something that I w- would actually like that I haven't heard. But this is, I mean, you should just be listening to music all the time. You know, that's in addition to this podcast. You should be listening to different kinds of music, all different kinds of music. Um so that you have an idea of these songs when somebody re- requests something, even if it's not your wheelhouse, even if it's like 80s pop or something, you have an idea of what they are talking about. Yeah, so Krong Ben does this thing where they, uh, their lead guitarist will play like, I think it's like 10 to 15 minutes of all like the top hip hop tracks from the late 90s, early 2000s. And he just strings them all along. It's pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Like a big medley of all these 90s hip hop tracks. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Kurong Bin is a pretty cool band. Out of Texas. Yeah, they're uh, from Austin. It's like a, like their big influences are like 70s Southeast Asian funk. It's just like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. So yes, we are learning perfect rhythm. This is our right hand technique, pretty much. Um, we're learning how to read chords how to play bar chords because you're going to need those in order to read chords, right? If you're playing stuff that is only open chords, it's severely limiting. You're going to get into a position where somebody requests a song, you open your chord chart app, 
and you're like, oh, there's an F sharp in here. I cannot play that chord. You're just like, what? You, and then you'll try to transpose it to a different key, and they'll be like, oh, now it's in the key of E. Oh, but the five is in here. That's a B. That's that requires a bar chord mostly, right? So you need to learn your bar chords. There are really only, well, there are four main kinds, right? There's major and minor, and in each of those cases, there are the ones that are based on the fifth string, right, the A string, and there are ones that are based on the sixth string, the root note being on the sixth or the root note being on the fifth string, right? So there are kind of four main shapes that you need to know, right? It's the E major shape, right? The E minor shape, which is just pulling off that index finger, and then there's the A minor shape, which is just like the E major shape, but on the uh, fifth string with the root note on the A string. Then there's the A major chord, which is just like the A minor chord, but that index finger, the shape is just with that, that first fret scooched over to the, the second fret, right? Scooch it. So that's, there are a couple different ways to play that. Um, you can put one finger on each of those frets, um, but that doesn't really exactly work with the bar chords. Once you start doing bar chords, you're barring the whole uh, from the fifth string up through the first string, you're barring all those, and then you're putting your uh, third finger barred on three strings so that you're creating that bar A major shape. Uh, this is really a visual thing. You should be taking lessons. This stuff is readily available online. Um, it's like, this is stuff you need to know, these four shapes, right? Uh, major and minor with the root note on the fifth string, major and minor with the root note on the sixth string, major and minor. That will open up your fucking world. I'm telling you, it's not, it, it will, it will change, it will change your relationship with the guitar. It will, it will, if you can't do that yet, you need to get on that right now. Like you need to be working on that every day until you've got it. And I promise you, if you work on it every day, you will get it. Yeah, it won't take Period. Long. Like that's, you just need to learn that. I, I, I know, you know, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you need to learn that. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you already pretty much know your open chord shapes, but if you don't, then you aren't like a guitarist really at all. So, you know, get on it. Um, I will say, so this instrumental ability leg of the triangle, I have seen people, and we've discussed this before, I've seen people who do like a glorified karaoke job, right? They consider themselves great singers, obviously, and uh, honestly, I've never seen one who I thought was an exceptional singer, but like I've seen good singers, but what they are is they're sh they're good showmen and they're good enough vocalists, right? And they come out with just backing tracks. They don't even play an instrument and they sing and they, and they bullshit with the crowd, mm -hmm. right? And they pretend like they're Frank Sinatra, which they never are, um, <laughs> or Whitney Houston or something. Um, man, I, I almost feel bad saying this because the one lady that I met who did this was really so kind out on Fort Myers Beach. Oh, God. It was just depressing. It was just like, really? It just made me want to leave the state. I was just like, why? Why is this a thing? This is so bad. Yeah, for those of you um, who didn't catch that story, that's in the first couple episodes that we released when we initially were getting started. Yeah. Definitely go back and check that out. Yeah. It's just fucking brutal to see how how just like tasteless people can be. I'm just, it's just like, a, I, I know I sound like a snobby artist when I say this type of shit, but it's like, God, just, 
It's like everybody's eating McDonald's and it's just like, oh, it's the fucking best. Like if you were a chef and people were just like, oh, you ever had a McDonald's double cheeseburger? Oh, my God. It's just like my palate just oh, it just sings when I get a fucking double cheeseburger. And you're just like, dude, I've like dedicated my life to being a good chef. And you're fucking talking about double cheeseburgers from McDonald's. Like that's what it feels like to me. You know, like I work my ass off at this. All right. That's that's, that's, that's cheap. Enough. It's easy. And you know it's what you're going to get. It's so fucking bad. Anyway. Um. Okay, so I, I know this is kind of a meandering episode here. Um, so I'm going to try to try to give a little concise soundbite here for you. You need to be working on your guitar playing. <laughs> Frankly, that's, that's, what, that's what, it what it comes, comes down yeah. to. You need to work on your guitar playing. There are, there are some, um, before I do my little concise wrap up here, there are some... Uh, ideas when you're practicing, right? There, there are two. Uh, there are three things. Oh, you, I'm noticing a theme emerging here. I like threes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three things, three ways, uh, kind of sections of guitar playing that you can think about. There's your right hand technique. There's your left hand technique, and there's combining the two. Your synchronization of the two. Um, that is how one of the ways that I like to think about practicing guitar is I'll do something where I'm I'm literally just muting the the strings with my left hand. I'm a right-handed player, by the way. And I'm strumming with my right hand or I'm picking. Usually usually I don't do like, I don't really practice strumming very much um, because I I don't feel the need to mostly. But picking, uh, I do a lot of right-hand picking practice, right? And when I do that, I pretty much ignore my left hand. I do just right-hand technique, right? I put the metronome on, I do just right-hand technique because remember I put the metronome on because your right hand dictates a lot of how good your rhythm is, right? That's where most of your rhythm comes from under the guitar is your strumming hand, picking hand. Um, so I do right hand practice and then I mute the strings with my right hand and then I do left hand practice. I'm not making any sound really with either of these practices, right? I'm just doing left hand practice. I'm focusing on just what my left hand is doing, making sure that my left hand is moving as little as humanly possible. I'm using exactly the smallest amount of pressure I possibly can to make the thing happen. That's a good, just kind of general rule for practicing guitar. Um, you want to do everything with the least amount of effort you possibly can. You don't want to be squeezing really hard on the frets. Um, you, like if your knuckles are turning turning white, if, you're, if your fingernails, like the bed of your fingernails are going white, you are pressing too hard, right? You want to go as, as gently as possible um, while still making a sound, while still without buzzing strings, right? <clears throat> So you do your right hand practice, you do your left hand practice, and then you synchronize them, right? These are three different ways to think about practicing the, the guitar. Um, oh, that's a fun sound. What about picking versus finger picking and proper ways of holding a pick? That's an interesting question. Um, okay, so For finger... Blackbird. Yeah, Blackbird, you're going to need to do finger picking if you're going to do it right. Um, I would recommend if you're at the beginner stage here where... Like if we're talking about you need to learn how to play bar chords, um, I wouldn't worry about finger picking yet. I would worry about getting your strumming to, in a in to a metronome in a yeah, perfect rhythm. Those core fundamentals. And getting it so that you can keep good rhythm with your right hand in a way that is like becoming second nature to you. Like you need to get your right hand machine like so that you can sing over it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, second nature. Yeah, and then you can get that like. You want to put the big rocks in here first, remember? The finger picking, the complicated finger picking stuff, being able to shred a guitar like like I can, uh, that's sand, right? You don't need that to do this job. Yeah, the filler. It's sand. The big rocks are keeping your right hand strumming in time. You know, 
So learn how to do that first. Um, proper picking, to hold a pick. I, I mean, I recommend you use a pick um, to strum. Um, I use a pick on my nylon string guitar, which is unusual, but uh, it, it works, you know. Yeah. Um, now, do you prefer flimsy picks or stiff picks? What have you found with the tonality that comes from those? Yeah, so I like medium picks on the side of thinner. Mine's 0.72. I think it's millimeters. Yeah. Right? I'll fact check. I think it's yeah, I think it's point seven two millimeters. Um I like the gator pick gator picks. Yeah, that's They're good. really nice. They got like a little fuzzy kind of texture to them. Yeah. Um I like those a lot. Those are the ones I use on everything. Electric guitar, steel strings, and nylon strings. That's just the pick that I like the most. Um your pick should be I mean a lot of this is just visual stuff. You should just get guitar lessons. Yeah, your pick should be um, I like to think of it as an extension of my index finger. It's almost like having a long fingernail, right? And I hold my thumb at a right angle to my index finger, um, and the pick sticks out the direction that my index finger is pointing. You know, you can you can play with the amount that it sticks out from there, how much pick you want exposed. You can play with that amount, um, and you'll get different attack sounds out of each one. If you leave it hanging out a lot, you'll get a lot of snap to it, so it'll be kind of twangier. If you put it like way up in there so it's barely sticking out a little point it'll be kind of a fatter sound um just play with it and see what you like see what feels best and this is also sand really you know i mean it's having your your picking technique right from the beginning i mean you don't want to practice something wrong for a year right but in the beginning you can play with things and see what feels right like this is what i recommend to students i don't do very very many uh guitar lessons anymore because frankly, because they really just don't pay enough and I'm just too fucking busy. I was going to say, you but, have a ton of projects. Yeah. Um, I do love giving lessons. I have one bass student who I, uh, like a younger younger kid, he's like 13. Um, and I just find it rewarding. It's not really for the money. Um, if it were, it would make no sense, frankly. Um, so, And I've got my guitar teacher, by the way. Hey, I just want to, have I pointed that out yet? I've been doing this full-time as a full-time job for seven fucking years. I've been playing guitar for 17 years, over half my life, and I take guitar lessons every week. Please let that tell you something if you're an intermediate player, even if you're already playing pro games. So many, I know so many professional musicians who are just like, I'm a professional musician. And that's it. That's it. I don't play. I don't take lessons. I don't improve. And it's like, that's why I'm fucking smoking you. Yeah. That's why I'm making three times as much money as you in half the days. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons. That's not the only reason I... I was almost this good three years ago. You know, I was 75% this good three years ago and I was doing the same shit. So that's the twice as much money in half as many days thing. Isn't just my playing. That is a big part of it. When I play at these high paying gigs and they see me, they're like, Oh fuck, we'll have this guy back. This is like, I'm on their radar now. That's it's, it's having all these qualities together, having the, the equilateral triangle, right? I show up, I fucking crush the guitar, I crush the vocals, I crush the showmanship part, and that's the performance triangle. There's another part of this that is the business side of things, which I also, guess what? Crush. Crush. And that's why I'm making the money that I'm making right now, and it's going so well for me right now, is because I'm well-rounded, I'm doing everything right, and not only that, I'm doing it better every fucking month. Every month, I'm better at it. You know, and I'm always improving and I'm working hard at it. And I'm just like, now momentum's with me. You're just never going to fucking catch me now. You know, it's just not going to happen. 
That's how a pro athlete looks at it, at least upper echelon pro athlete. That's right. That's how Michael Jordan looks at it, and you can take a page out of Michael Jordan's book. You once you get momentum going, just fucking good good luck. You're not gonna stop me. You're gonna have to put me in the ground. So I, I don't I don't say that I don't say you're never gonna fucking catch me to say you listener are never gonna catch me you just do what I'm doing just work and learn and improve and you will get here and you'll get the momentum going for you and nobody in your neighborhood is ever gonna fucking catch you either you know so bunch kind of, of br- little road runners bunch of little road road runners a road runner yeah exactly right yeah good reference road runners um <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh at that. I know exactly what you'll laugh at. Fuck. <laughs> You're getting predictable, Jack. Hey, here's a, cool, uh-uh. <laughs> here's a cool little tip for you guys since I never get to give them out. Um, if you're finding it hard to keep the pick in your hand, go ahead and get a little strip of grip tape that you would put on a skateboard, and you can actually cut out a little piece and put it right on the pick, and it'll give you a little bit more grip when uh, you're holding that pick. It helped me out tremendously. I actually, actually used that technique um, for a little, for a little while. And I still, I, I have some picks that I put that grip tape on. Um, and I, it's cool. It does help. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, be careful because if you put those picks in your pocket with your phone, it will scratch your fucking screen up. So mm-hmm. don't let that happen to you. You heard it here. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So now I am going to, I'm not going to tease you anymore. I am going to give you that recap about instrumental ability and i i mean we could really more accurately call this guitar ability although the practice your fucking instrument thing get perfect rhythm thing learn how to sing and play thing that applies to piano too yeah um all right so work on your rhythm first of all practice every day right second of all take lessons to augment your practice have your your teacher will tell you how to practice make sure when you talk to this teacher that you give them an idea of what your goals are, what you're trying to do, where you're at. A good teacher will will get this stuff out of you even if you don't offer it, but it helps if you offer it, right? Tell them what you're trying to do. Tell them you want to do this professionally and you need to play cover songs. You need to sing and play at the same time. You need to learn bar chords. You need to perfect. You need to get your perfect rhythm going. Tell them those things. This teacher will help you decide how to practice. Tell them what kind of time you have to practice every day and they'll tell you how to allot that time. Tell them what a great show you've been listening to as well. Yeah, tell them to check us out. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so you got your rhythm with the metronome. You got your practicing bar chords, extremely important. You've got your singing and playing at the same time. Your podcast is not broken. Your phone is working. Uh, you've got your singing and playing at the same time, right? Um, That's good. You've got... You got your right hand technique versus left hand technique versus synchronizing technique. Um, what else we got, Chad? Hmm. I think that's about it. I it's, believe so. There, there's not. I, I want to keep this kind of simple, right? Remember, your finger picking stuff is the sand, right? It'll be great when you start learning how to finger pick and. Um, you know, and if that's something that comes naturally to you, if if you're starting on guitar and you're like. I don't really like strumming. I like finger picking. That's okay. You can lean into that. You can do the finger picking thing. If that's going to get you from A to B quickly, where you can go into every gig and finger pick every song or even strum with without a pick and transfer between finger picking and strumming, if that feels more natural to you, that's okay. You can do that, right? Kind of. I'm not giving you like everyone has to fit into this box and do it this way. 
what what the the overall thing here is get to a point where you're singing and playing at the same time where your rhythm is perfect where you are able to play bar chords and able to play these songs off your phone too right and able to able to learn new songs without taking fucking days to do it right you can you can pick up a song on the fly like I do on my phone app yeah you have to be efficient you got to be efficient you want to get rolling here right you can't you can't be taking all month to learn a song you need to be able to work your way through a song at a gig. If you've heard it a couple times before, you should be able to do this. Um, and we haven't really discussed this, but you need to know the fucking notes, right? <laughs> you need to know the fretboard. Um, so if something says, hey, you're playing an F sharp chord, you got to know where the fuck F sharp is, right? So that's another, I know there's a lot of stuff here to do. It seems like if you're a complete beginner, I know this is going to feel overwhelming, Break it down into, into smaller things. Get lessons for... Get some yeah. fucking lessons. Yeah. And practice. Yeah. And it will happen, okay? I Like, I promise you, if you dedicate time to this every day and you take lessons and you work diligently at this, you will get it. You don't even have to be talented, honestly. I, I, I hear people say so many times, just so often to me, like, oh, yeah, you know, I just don't have any any musical talent. It's like, you probably don't fucking even know that. Honestly, because you didn't try hard enough. You know, people are like, yeah, I just, you know, I wasn't immediately good. So I stopped. It's like, well, okay, cool. Yeah, go through life like that. See where it gets you. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be average or worse at everything. And I mean, I don't know. Some people are happy that way, but not me. To each his own. So you got to be willing to suck for a year to be, to get good at any of this stuff. I'm sorry. Just look at it as like you're in a musical university. Yeah. Like there's, there's a... There's a positive outcome to this if you just devote the time, but it starts with you accepting the situation that you're in. Yes. You got to start where you are if you're going to get anywhere. What's the, uh, somebody was telling me this is a good metaphor. It was like your map app on your phone, right? You're, if you have just a destination, your phone can't help you. You need to know where you are and where you're going in order to, to get a route, right? So you start where you are. You don't just like, Start where you wish you were. Mm-hmm. You start where the fuck you are, and you go from there, and you will get there. Um, chisel a little bit every day. Chisel a little bit every day, and you end up with a statue, bunch of dust, I guess. Um, Scooch. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. I do. I do want to say that I feel like a large part of our audience is probably already better at guitar than most of the stuff we're talking about. Well, and they should be based off of how our introduction, our introduction, uh, our introductory episode went. And where we basically broke down the type of right. musician we're looking for. Right yeah. Now. We kind of said you should already be able to play and sing at the same time. Right. Yeah. Um, which I, I think is still true, but I, I, you know, for those of you who are already good enough, who are already playing gigs or who could already play a gig, the message of, take lessons and practice is the fucking same. I know a lot of you aren't doing that. And if, if I were sitting in the car with you right now and you were like, Peter, what should I do to be, to have a better music career? I'd say you need to fucking practice backhand. <laughs> yeah. You need to fucking practice and take lessons and quit being a fucking coward about it. Okay. It's like, seriously, you know, buck up. It's just time to go. Either you want it or you don't. And if you do put in the effort, that's right. Yeah. Otherwise, fuck off. <laughs> yes, exactly, Chad. In conclusion. <laughs> Otherwise, fuck off. 
Um, so yeah, um, I think that about wraps it up. I know we meandered a little bit today, and we we uh, you know I'm not apologizing for it. I'm just noticing. <laughs> it comes with the show. We're mercenaries. <laughs> it comes with the show. Yeah. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that. If you're so you know if you're a beginner guitarist and you've stuck with us through all these episodes and you're listening to this one, this one honestly it was this was tailored more toward beginners, but for Somebody who's a little more experienced, most of the messages remain. And I, I'm sure you picked up a couple little, you know, tips, different ways to think about practicing that you hadn't had before. Um, yeah, I, it never hurts to hear it again. And it, it, it never hurts to hear it again. It do, doesn't hurt for me to say it again. Honestly, I don't practice as much as I should. Um, I mean, I practice every fucking day. Don't get me wrong. But but actual practice, practice. We're it's practice, about practice. practice. Yeah. yeah, no, I yeah, absolutely. I mean, I play gigs. I play, you know, dozens of hours of gigs a week. But I also practice every single day. You know, you just need to do it. It doesn't. You wanna you wanna go somewhere. You need to you need to move your feet. You know, so yeah, instrumental ability. It's important. Um, the only time it's not important is if you're like Adele. We kind of talked about right. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do the uh, I am such a talented good singer and I really don't have any interest in learning an instrument, then you do a duo or you do the glorified karaoke thing. Um, but for the true mercenary musician here, you want to be a solo performer. <laughs> you want to be a solo performer. You want a nice equilateral triangle, right? So you want your instrumental ability to be kind of up there with your vocal ability to be up there with your showmanship ability, and they should all be solid. So keep that in mind. You want to be balanced. Now go practice. Go practice, please. And when you're done practicing, check out our other episodes. You can find them on Podbean, Audible, through Amazon, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, You can check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks, folks. Thank you.